I just think that you're in such a highly complex environment that has no edges. You kind of get overwhelmed and, and it, you know, you, you get overwhelmed to the part where you switch off and then switch on. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. Martin, how are you? Good, mate. How are you doing? Good Welcome back to the podcast. It's good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so hot out there in, on the West Coast right now, you said? It is. It's, uh, it's kind of hot in the day and it's getting cooler in the evening, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, we got half of that arrangement. We got hot in the day and then hot as balls all night and, <laughs> and complain to your family. That's that's what it is in North Carolina, pretty much. We have that lovely kind of thing where you sweat and it just stays like a suit of sweat on your body and refuses to evaporate all day long. It's like, it's like okay. that in Japan as well. It's like high humidity. It's crazy. Like, an, like your own atmosphere. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just walking around like a <laughs> like a small irritating moon or something. I know. <laughs> so you just you, uh, you so you, you just finished the uh, the Redwoods camp, is that right? The, uh, the I did. Redwoods I did. Camp, I? Yeah, yeah, out there with uh, Ethan and uh, Ethan Miner is a very very good martial artist. Hmm. Um, he has a long history of bando, which is a Indonesian sort of very vicious form of kickboxing basically or tie boxing mm. and um he uh his father was a very famous person in that mm. and over time he's just kind of you know i mean obviously he still has his band of roots but uh, has uh shifted over into sistema yeah would you say he had a bando brothers to work with as well? On uh, he did. He had some of it. He did. Uh, That's well, my brothers. They, they, funny enough, they do call them bando brothers, and they all really? wear a, a ring if they've been training for a certain amount of time. Right. And uh, which uh, I saw them use to open bottles of beer with. So it has a value. Right. Has a, a, a use to. Nice. Yeah, I was thinking more of the Easy Company that series on there. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I I, I, I'm, I'm with you all the way. <laughs> you got the reference you refuse to, to acknowledge, the dad to acknowledge it. it's like yeah, so yeah. i don't acknowledge dad, dad puns these yeah. days <laughs> nice so um so was that your first time teaching that venue like at the no no it's uh, my third time out there or third or fourth third i believe and how many days was it was it um... uh three days okay so, uh, cool. yeah. yeah friday saturday and sunday yeah and uh it's out in the woods and uh you know tenting and camping and good yeah. great food because we're in the middle of sonoma of course you know it's all wine and cheese and food and farm to table and, nice. um, and beautiful sequoia redwood, red, redwood trees yeah. not not the not the huge ones but yeah decent size ones and uh and it's actually in a native american uh camping ground for where the tribes would pass through and use this area as a very spiritual sort of place and Wow, so it has its yeah. own kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Beautiful there. It's really beautiful. And, nice. um, uh, yeah, no mosquitoes, uh, no bugs that I could tell of, <laughs> which is a plus for me because I hate bugs. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, just a great camp. Really, really great, really well organized. And yeah. A lot of fun. Nice. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll try and manage some simulcrum of that when you come up my way. I, I can manage yeah. moderately organized. I think that's probably the top of my, uh, yeah, of my skill yeah. base. <laughs> it's, it's a lullaby. Actually, it reminds me of your one because uh, it's so close. I mean, I, I, I only just started doing these sort of outdoor camps over the last three or four years. And uh, yeah, uh, actually, I, I mean, we kind of made a point of doing yours outside and I've, I've really enjoyed that. But uh yeah, having the sort of 
you know the woods to working and, and yeah it's, it's, it makes a big difference how do you feel it changes kind of like the tone of the training? Because I've heard Vladimir talk about this before, you know, that whatever atmosphere you're in to a different extent, I mean, you can do that thing where you kind of just absorb yourself into the atmosphere a bit and you can work in confined spaces and you can work in any spot, but there's just something that seems to open people in there about like working in the open air. It just, it seems like people relax sooner and more fully. Well, I think, you know, they talk about set and setting and intention in, in um, doing psychological work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, if you're going to take an LSD tab or something and you're in a dungeon or something with look, looking at pictures of your horrible childhood or something, then you're pretty well determined, destined to take a bad trip, probably, you know. That, that and, sounded uh, eerily accurate there. That sounded like... <laughs> <laughs> or what I like to call a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For my sins, no, no, I've never done LSD. Not that I'm against it, but I just haven't done it. Yeah. Um, but there is something about set and setting that if you're in a, a comfortable environment that you feel is conducive to taking a certain type of metaphysical trip, mm. um, and the way the intention that you go in with is has a lot to do with the. I've been reading up a lot on this sort of stuff, and uh, uh, has a lot to do with how you're going to experience something. You know, yeah. and uh, and I think that happens with the woods. That you, I think the first thing that happens is that you. I don't have any particular um, scientific background for this particular piece, but I just think that you're in such a highly complex environment that has no mm-hmm. edges yeah. that you kind of get overwhelmed, and, and it, you know, you you get overwhelmed to the part where you switch off and then switch on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's well put. Yeah, there's there's a lot of research on that that says that the um the lack of straight lines and more and specifically yes. actually the the presence of fractal shapes, you know, like uh, yes. freight shapes that repeat themselves at different scales, you know, trunks turning into branches, turning into leaves, or mm-hmm. leaves forming canopies that kind of work around each other and things like that. Is that there's we evolved in that, and uh, and there's yeah. something deeply relaxing that kind of puts us into that parasympathetic state and makes us ready to engage yep. and ready to socialize and ready to take things. It makes us curious right whereas like the appearance of straight lines i mean it's no it's no real uh, coincidence i think that prisons are just like bare featureless places with straight bars and straight lines and they're and, 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 they, and, they're driving and schools <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> although that's changing interestingly that is changing yeah. a lot there, there, there's lots of people now that are designing schools to have to bring the outdoors indoors and it's, it's having a massive yeah. effect i think they did it in finland scandinavia some other places first but they've seen such a massive jump in the way that kids engage and and like almost complete disappearance of add in class and things it's like kids only kind of develop that based on a predisposition multiplied by the straight lines and sitting yeah. at desks and being forced to do things it's like you throw all those things together and you've got a recipe for a kid who just wants to do something else every 10 minutes you know it's like it's, yeah. you can't really blame them for it you know yeah. well i think it definitely opens up uh, there, there was a study that i did see where they were showing people um you know random pictures of cities beautiful cities horrible cities and everything else and every time they threw in a picture of a you know a plains or a forest or something like that they're definitely their parasympathetic level you know plunged yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, and they had a better feeling yeah you know? and the way you feel is the way you're going to start thinking basically absolutely yeah it's, it's actually the the stuff on them forest bathing in um in japan yeah. that was where most of that a lot of that research has been done um and that they found that actually just i think it's something like 
an hour and a half just walking through a forest. They would take, you know, stressed out salarymen from the middle of Tokyo and then take them to the forests around, you know, their surrounding area in the in the state park around Fuji and stuff. And um state park, national park there. Really. Mm-hmm. And uh and they found that even just like 45 minutes to 90 minutes of exposure can lower cortisol levels for up to six weeks. Like nothing else. They'll they go back I, to work I, and for six weeks afterwards, even if they haven't done anything else. And that's, that's, that's such I, a I, if there was one drug that would do that, you'd take it all the time, wouldn't you? You know, like, right. yeah. yeah. Especially one that had no side effects, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. Um I, I experienced that the first uh, time I went to Ethan's actually I I was shocked pleasantly how well i felt for like two months after that really Mm. yeah you know Mm. just being that really immersive and also the type of training we're doing is incredibly immersive into that it's not like you're walking through the woods you're becoming the woods you know you're losing yourself in uh in the in the environment and once you start to you know this obviously sistema has a a lot a heavy bent or lean towards egoless training hmm. but it's i think it's sometimes hard to realize what egoless means until you lose your ego yeah you know in in some other setting yeah and start to kind of work from that base up, upwards instead of trying to find a lack of ego in the middle of your fighting training you know yeah it's quite it's quite hard to to conjure the absence of something, isn't it? It's like we've been working on that quite a lot in training here as well. Just um, just this concept of like a lot of the time people try so hard to relax. Do you know what I mean? They're like, I'm going to relax my bicep. And even yeah. thinking about your bicep, whether you're trying to relax it or not, will introduce like 5% tension. Do you know what I mean? Or something, there'll be some flicker of it. Um, and when they're trying to relax themselves, they're so focused. They're like, oh, look at me, I'm breathing and I'm relaxing my body and I'm doing these things. And in doing so, they're just making themselves tense. They're just creating different types of tension. They're just turning it from one overt form into to another one which is a bit deeper um but when you when you're outside it gives you something else to focus on doesn't it it gives you it gives you like a longer horizon so your mind has something bigger to focus on and so it stops just rolling back inside you know i think the challenge is is balancing that and blurring the boundary so that you can stay aware of what your body's doing but also be a part of the, that external environment isn't it like to to do all of them at once i think it's part of being outside is the uncomfortableness of it hmm. that you can't just sit down and just have a cup of tea sort of thing. You know, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're constantly in an environment that is somewhere you have to find to sit. You have to, the wind is blowing, you know, the, 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 the light is shuttering in your eye from the tree or something, you know, yeah. there is no respite from yeah. know, as, as, as relaxing as it becomes, it's because you're being kind of kept in a constant, sort of mild stress from the environment itself you know it's constantly prodding so, at you right so trying to make of, you uncomfortable kind of, a little bit yeah <laughs> kind of you know it's all yeah. reminding you that you know that you're not in a, an environment that will be too forgiving if you switch off you know yeah yeah definitely and there's there's other research about that that i talk about in the stress through things that um about the comfort bubble you know that um actually we've become so comfortable in the in the soft clothes that we wear and the the climate controlled environments that we live in that we've become less and less tolerant on the nervous neurological level of even small perturbations in 
discomfort, right? That we read discomfort as almost pain in a way that, you know, somebody living in New Guinea who just like walks past trees, gets, you know, stung by hornets and just gets big gashes. And at the end of the day, they're like, oh, I guess that was a hornet and a couple of gashes. And their feet are like hobbit feet. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're just thick and they just walk through the forest, you know, with with like things like that. And their fingernails are about a quarter of an inch thick. You know, it's like we've we've devolved somewhat as humans into our kind of urban environments. And we're, we're a little bit, I can't remember what the Fraser, I think Tyson Yonker Porter, the um the Australian Aboriginal um academic that I've had on the podcast a couple of times, he describes it as a domesticated humans. He's just like, you know, the homo right. homo sapiens domesticus. He's just like, we're not the same <laughs> as we were, you know, in some ways. And so we have to we have to kind of do things to get that well, back, gotta, right? We have to kind of toughen know, up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little Test bit. yourself. Yeah. Uh, I actually I think it's it's definitely a line that's I, I, I a friend of mine has a friend working for I guess I could say, uh, Amazon, you know, like the, the obviously everyone knows what that is. Hmm. Um, and they have a decent job there. Yeah, but, you know, probably a high level management position of some sort. Yeah. And uh, you live in an Amazon house. You have Amazon food delivered. You're picked up by an Amazon car in the morning. You're taken to work. Hmm. And my friend said that their friend has turned into basically a, a slob, you know, that they, they, they don't care about doing anything anymore because there's no requirement to do anything. Mm. You know, their only focus is work, and as long as they're good at work, it's kind of, it's almost like a, it reminds me almost of the opposite effect of, uh, of what happened with the in the Industrial Revolution in England, you know, where you got tokens for working at the factory that you could only spend at the factory on factory food and yeah. factory this. And, and they built a whole you know, city around you. It's kind of, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. They've kind of done the same sort of thing with this. If instead of hardship, it's based towards convenience. But that convenience, yeah. I think, is going to bite them in the, in, in, the, in the ankle eventually because it's going to produce less productive people. Yeah, or the, or the, the, the what's his name again? The um, who was the aeroplane magnate? Howard Hughes was it? You no, know, mm-hmm. DiCaprio played in that movie, The Aviator. Exactly. Just exactly. end up sitting in a room terrified of germs and you know, yeah. just a yeah. total crazy recluse with a foot long so, beard. You know, the, right, right. That's that'll be the average Amazon worker with a with a jars of urine around them. <laughs> <laughs> so with an effort not to end up like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we've got a, we've got a masterclass oh, wait, coming up, good. I guess. In um, we've got another one coming up over here as well. Uh, you've got your masterclass in uh, in Los Angeles still, right? At the beginning yep. of October. Yep. Um, yep. And that will be at the Academy, presumably. So, we'll uh, yeah, that will be the eighth through the eleventh. Nice. Yeah, good one. Um, and then we, and then you're over to the East Coast with us, and I believe that's 21st through 24th of October, same month. Okay. And we're going to be outdoors again uh, at Falls yep. Lake as we were last year, and um, and covering four days of kind of slow progressions and, and working through various things. And there's um, still space on that for people that want to sign up, so that's great. Yep. But yep. Um, I was I was going to kind of ask you a little bit just about to describe a bit about kind of not necessarily what you got planned for this one, because um, we kind of got that on the website and that schedule what people can expect in terms of vague things. Um, that we've got a bit of you know grappling on day one, striking on day two, mixing the two in, in a mixed martial kind of capacity on day three, and then going a little bit deeper on you know um, intuition and seeding control a little bit on the on the fourth day. Um, but I just kind of want you to tell us a little bit about how you how do you build kind of a multi-day training progression like as an instructor because it's very different to going in and doing like an hour and a half class where you can have an idea and you can look at the people that are in front of you and then mm-hmm. you're, you're very focused in a one hour and a half class right you're not, you're not trying to run through loads of ideas um, you're bringing something in and just making sure everybody goes away with a piece and challenges themselves a bit but a multi-day thing you have that capacity you have that ability 
to say, I've got them for days here, that they're captive, they can't run away. So I can, yeah. I can make them do things for longer in terms of individual drills, but you can also make people go deeper and make them feel more. Is, does that, does knowing you've got a multi-day event coming ahead of you influence the way that you approach the teaching or approach the group? Well, I think with any class, whether it's kind of reminds me of movie making, you know, somebody said to me, look, it doesn't matter if you're making a $100,000 movie or a $100 million movie, the processes are the same mm. in a lot of ways. I mean, you still need the same amount of things, the same amount of, you know, approaches and everything else. But you have a lot more time, money, and access on the $100 million one, right? Right, yeah. So that's kind of, you know, that. like if, if I'm going to teach a class in L.A. for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever, I definitely go into it setting some kind of intention as to, well, what is the thematic of what I'm going to teach here today? Am I going to teach a breathing class? Am I going to teach a relaxation class? Am I going to, are mm. we going to look at sensitivity or timing or, or something? Yeah. And then I'll build the, if that's my DNA, then I allow the cell to grow around that mm. concept. So mm. that I'm always kind of like, taking some aspect of the training out of that concept sure. so that yeah. the, the person trying to understand what it is I'm trying to show them walks away instead of with a bunch of disjointed modules, they, they basically have one central tree branch that has a bunch of leaves coming off of it. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so taking that analogy, does, so when you, if you've got four days, does that just give yeah. you, can you grow an well, entire it, organ from that? You know what I mean? I think, <laughs> I think yeah. I, well, I think what it does is like you do it like the minimum really is probably an hour, an hour and a half to absorb any type of knowledge. Right. Mm. And uh, when you do a two day seminar, they're very good. And you can obviously gain a lot from them. I've gained a lot from doing two day seminars, a tremendous amount from doing two day seminars. And people come to my seminars. I think two days is, you know, yeah. they feel like they, you know, if they come for one day, I mean, you obviously yeah. you, you, you can condense the idea into something that's graspable mm -hmm. within the time frame you have. Yeah. But the nice thing about a four day one is that you have a time frame that you can actually say, well, yes, we're going to look at this idea, but we're going to look at this idea in, in a, you're going to have two days to absorb the idea hmm. and two more days to practice it. Yeah. You yeah. know? So I find like when I do a military course or a police course or something, if, if I have the guys for three, four, five days, hmm. it's about day two and a half where they go, oh, yeah, this is what we're meant to be doing. Yeah, there's that right. frustrating thing sometimes when you go to a seminar. It doesn't happen all the time, but it can be, you know, you get a whole day into it or maybe a day and a half into a two-day seminar and you're like, oh, I'm just I'm just starting to get the feel of this theme and I've got it. And then you've only got like an hour to play with it and then the thing mm -hmm. is done. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, right. oh, man. And then you have, and it's good. You can still take it back to your class, to your okay. school, and you can, you know, you can riff on those themes and you can be like, look, I learned a new tune and you can, you know, play those things around and compose in different ways. But there's something about that longer top context that just lets you go, okay not only am i going to play with this idea for a longer period of time but i'm going to switch and then play around a little bit longer with somebody else with a different mm -hmm. feel and all that sort of stuff or or do the whole thing again blindfolded do you know what i mean or whatever it's going to be and you just get you see different facets of the same thing that help make it more concrete in your mind for, for me mm -hmm. and applicable yeah 
you know. Um, I mean, it's kind of like I do these days um, when I do courses, especially like the ones in France and stuff, where I do a blindfold day. I mean, yeah. You, yeah, we did one a couple of years yeah, ago. It was great. Right. It's brilliant. It's interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and it's kind of like a that's kind of like a condensed version of the four days because for the first two hours you're like, this is bullshit. You know, I don't get mm. it. I don't like it. I don't like being blindfolded for two hours now, and I'm kind of trying to get tired and frustrated. Yeah. And then there's a switching point after about two and a half, three hours, where you're like your mind just gets used to the idea that, okay, there's no point complaining about this. This, ob- this guy's obviously too stupid to take this blindfold off, so we're going to have to... <laughs> <laughs> this is life now. This is my well, life now. This, this is my be... life now. <laughs> you, know, you, you can imagine your brain being like an episode of Seinfeld or something, you know, it's like, this is just it, you know, um, yeah. or Larry David or something. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and you just have to accept the situation. And once that happens, a whole vista of things start to open up. Yeah. And you start to feel in different ways and maneuver in different ways and uh, and and start to see the world under a, you know your model in the world with with a different set of receptors in some form or another you know yeah and uh, and you start to see real results especially when they take the blindfold off yeah yeah right and then they kind of have this underlying sea of new abilities that can then be added to the visual world right hmm. and i think the when you get up into the three four five six seven eight day courses hmm. once you get past those first two two and a half days you start to see that effect you start to see the embodiment of the concept uh releasing into the you know you, you've kind of populated the the mind enough with the idea through embodiment that it actually starts to just do it yeah, it's like a breakthrough, right? It's like a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough point. point. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then once you're in there, then then you can start saying, Well, okay, now I've got the speedboat and I've got this ocean. Now what can I do with it? You know, rather mm-hmm. than trying to figure out how the speedboat works, getting up to top speed and keeping it in a straight line on the ocean, and now you start like, Oh, well, maybe I can corner with it or I can yeah. do this or that, you know, you know. Yeah. And I don't have to think about that so much. Yeah. Yeah, you can no. you can allow yourself not to try and think so hard or try and do it right away because you've got time to feel your way in. Nicely. Yeah, and it's allowing you to then to think about other things. Mm. You know, so once I've kind of like embodied a certain concept, then I can start to strategize with it, and that's when it starts to get really interesting. You know. Yeah, you've talked about that before, and I think the um, I think the the metaphor you used before is almost like you've got different windows open in your head, right? You've got different applications. And once you've got kind of a couple of them on lock or you've got a concept on lock, like management of distance or timing or like a certain form of sensitivity, like a fealty sensitivity, that then you can kind of put those in the back window. They're still running, but now you can afford to kind of free up the frontal lobes for 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 directed strategy and other things. Right. You can, you, exactly. well, that's you're already paying attention to that and you don't have to continue paying attention because it kind of goes on to a, a kind of autopilot and then that gives you the the potential for of, doing more more sophisticated things yeah you can kind of run things in parallel a little more and in serial you know yeah instead of like flipping between concepts you allow one concept to just kind of underbed or underpin what you're doing and allow another one to be layered on top then yeah gotcha do, do you ever find that you've um you've gone into like one of these multi-day seminars and 
it's taken a turn that you didn't um, you didn't think it might take, you know, because sometimes that can happen even in the microcosm of a small class where people surprise you and they start doing things. And then and sometimes it happens to me and I'm like, oh, we should explore this now because clearly they're interested in this and they're developing something. But in a multi-day class, you've got, you've got the freedom to do that, right? If you see people doing something, I mean, on the one hand, if you see everybody doing something and you realize, oh, this group in particular, they all need to understand this one thing, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a common denominator here so I can afford to sidestep my, my, my plan and kind of just work on that but on the other hand sometimes just people seem to run with things and it can take it things can take their own organic shape right has it have you been surprised by anything you've done at one of those before like in the redwoods or something uh, i would say that probably happens to me fairly regularly in fact maybe alarmingly <laughs> 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 like i don't really have any purpose in life I'm just kind of you know um, i'm a leaf so on the father, wind my father would attest to that in some way um <laughs> uh I, I mean, actually, I like that. Uh, I mean, as much as we may start with, uh, uh, as much as I have a thematic, like, okay, we're going to do ground fighting. We're going to do, I mean, obviously these are huge subjects and you can start anywhere and end anywhere, right? I mean, you're, you're yeah. looking at a tiny piece of one of those yeah. concepts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really go in with a checklist of things I'm going to do. Okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. I might have a rough sketch in my head as to, okay, I think we should probably cover some of this. This is what I've been working on. I think I'd like to go in that direction. Yeah. But I really like the idea, and even though it's a little more exhausting for me personally, Hmm. but I like the idea of being an artist. You know, you walk in with basically a canvas in front of you and you start painting. Hmm. And you might think to yourself well i'm gonna i mean i'm I'm not gonna compare myself to um you know a a great artist or anything but you know you you might walk in thinking you're gonna paint a sky and a and a a shed and you might end up with starry night you know i mean you might surprise yourself with something yeah there's uh, the creative process where you're like oh that's interesting i've done that I, I've developed drills within a seminar easily, many times that I've yeah. never seen before. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've never experienced in any form. And I yeah. just saw somebody struggling with something or, or do something well and go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, uh, this is something that people might want to do, and even for myself to learn yeah. in some way. And And by being in that creative atmosphere, I think that's why these seminars become so have become so popular over the years is is mm. the group is part of that engagement creative process and they feel it they feel that they're not getting up there and saying no, now we're going to do something i did last week or last year sure. and blah, blah, you know paint you by know, numbers I, like, exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. you know and I, yeah. I i hated those at school and i hate them now you know and, yeah <laughs> but i'm always if someone's up there sort of like on a high wire act i'm totally engaged mm. you know Gotcha. So I kind of think of my stuff as more being on a high wire than on solid terra firma sort of thing, you know. Yeah, it's been it's a it's something of a running gag sometimes with my guys between the, the veteran students and who've you know been coming to your seminars for years, you've been coming to our place for nearly a decade now doing all that, you know, and the and the ones who haven't been to one of your seminars, they've only been training for like six months or a year or something. And and they're like 
they asked the question, they're like, what's Martin Wheeler going to do this year? What's the theme? And they're like, he's going to do Martin Wheeler. That's what he's going to do. It's just kind of funny. It's just like, it might say ground fighting on the tin, but what he's going to do is Martin Wheeler. He's, like, he's going to lead you to into your deep subconscious. You might come up for a couple of gulps of ground fighting at some point, but what he's really going to do is what he wants to do. So it's like, <laughs> what, what is ground fighting? <laughs> what, what is the ground what Who really is the ground is that, yeah. on the ground yeah what does it mean to fight really I mean, <laughs> are you fighting the ground or the ground <laughs> brilliant well we're certainly really looking forward to having you over our way again and we've got um got a lot of folks signed up already but we've got a bit of space left so um i'm sure it's going to be a, a good experience out there in the forest again and we'll uh, yeah hopefully not too not to too many bugs well uh we didn't get too many last year we just got we got one day of rain last year and the other days we lucked out so hopefully we'll get similar on the weather again but even the rainy day was good you know people had to pay attention yeah, to their balance know, so they didn't slip and stuff so it was good yeah everybody learned yeah. Hmm. and also that i actually learned because i just did the one and uh, ethan's and lance actually brought up a really good point he said um he said you know you can you can get away with a lot on in a nice school, in a nice atmosphere. But when you're on the side of a slippery hill with some dude running at you with a stick, you know, yeah. trying to, you know, whether he's trying to hurt you or not, the potential for, for damage is yeah. increasing massively. Yeah. Uh, you start to really understand what systemic training is for because you're, then you have to put yourself into this sort of relaxed mobile capability yeah. And uh, you have to be aware of what your footing is and how it's changing. And, you know, so your overall awareness is increasing, you know, multi multifold. Sure. I don't know how you would say that word. Um, <laughs> Manifold. Manifold. Manif Let's go with that. Manifold. Uh, and, uh, you know, and also you're a bit tired because you slept in a tent last night. And, yeah. You know, and maybe you didn't get as much sleep as you normally do. And there's. Uh, yeah. well, you're up drinking crit. Guinness until two in the morning yeah, playing yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah, drinking you? Guinness. And, you know, and a cougar, <laughs> you know, walked past your tent at night. You, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's you know. Um, and you told her to go away. You said you're not into older women anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, Derek and Clive. It's a classic. <laughs> Nobody will understand that one. <laughs> okay, cool. Mate. Yeah, well, thanks again. Uh, thanks for taking the time today to uh, chat about this. And we're, we can't wait to see you in a couple of months. And uh, good luck with the uh, masterclass over there in LA as well. And if they want to, if yeah. people still want to sign up for yours um, as well, yeah, where, yeah. where do they go? Just to wheelersystema.com? Yeah, they can go to wheelersystema.com and sign up directly from the website, or they can email me if they have questions at wheelersystema.gmail.com. Uh, I'm also, we've decided to change over the venues. I'm not going to uh, Lance's place in Iowa this year. I'm going to go to Boulder, Colorado oh, cool. in November. And Brad's place? Uh, mm. uh, at, uh, with um, uh, so Hardy. Hardy. Okay. I'm mixing up my, my, yeah. my Colorado people. I can't remember where they yeah. are. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's in Boulder, Colorado. And yeah, uh, yeah looking forward to a great seminar there too. So. Bro, we'll send him your way. Nice one, mate. Okay, cool. We'll see you shortly. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Okay, bye. As mentioned in today's episode, uh, world-renowned martial arts phenomenon Martin Wheeler will be returning to North Carolina this October 21st to the 24th for our annual four-day event, the East Coast Masterclass NC. So if you haven't trained with him before, please do come and find out why top-level martial arts masters like Danny Santo and Higa Machado urge their students to train with Martin, um, and why Black Belt Magazine have labelled him the best-kept secret in the English-speaking martial arts world. This is going to be a deep multi-day 
exploration of fighting tactics, fusing the principles of Sistema with decades of hard-earned experience in boxing and grappling and street fighting for Martin. And this year's theme is going to be skill, strategy and intuition. We're going to work through a layered progression across all four days. Day one, Thursday, we'll be looking at grappling concepts. Day two, striking concepts. Day three, Friday, mixed martial strategies. And then day four, we'll be using Sistema as the operating system to kind of push all of the techniques and tactics from previous days into kind of instinct, implicit guidance, and control. The numbers are limited, and it's already about two-thirds full. I think we've got about 10 spots left on it. Um, so if you do want to register, please do go to ncsystema.com event. That's ncsystema.com event to sign up today. Um, it's currently at 800 bucks for the four days, but if you're listening to this podcast, um, then you can put in the checkout code SFL, as in Systema for Life, at the checkout, and you will get 20% off, bringing it down to $650. So enter the code SFL at checkout, and you will be able to register for all four days for $650. If you're not able to make all four days, there's a weekend price of $350, and you can email me at the usual address to try and get details for that. Hope you can join us. It's going to be a great event. It's going to be all outdoors at Falls Lake. Um, no COVID restrictions this year because we're all vaccinated and sorted. So please do come join us um, from October 21st to the 24th for the East Coast Masterclass with Martin Wheeler. Thank you.